The Holy Gospel today is according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory, Glory to you, to you o Lord. Lord. Jesus has been speaking about the nature of the kingdom of heaven, the reign of God. And he says to the disciples, then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight came a shout. Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And then all those bridesmaids got up and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for us and for you. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you O Christ. Christ. Keep awake. Be prepared. Jesus is coming. People have been repeating these words for a couple thousand years now, and as we come to the end of another church year, you realize only two more Sundays, and then it's Advent. As we come to the end of the church year, the lectionary always takes us in the Scriptures to those places that talk about the end on another whole dimension, the end of all things, and by the promise of God, the beginning of all things in new and transformed ways. But over the centuries and still today, we sometimes like to use the end as a scare tactic. Believe this way, behave this way, join us, and then you can be saved from the end. Often claiming to know something about when the end is coming. Of course, others turn that whole notion of the end into almost a joke, right? Spawning t-shirts and bumper stickers that say, look busy, Jesus is coming, right? I wonder if Scripture is prodding us today to, a, to, a nav to navigate a path that's in between those extremes. Jesus came to give his life for the world, to love people into heaven, if you want to think of it that way, not to scare them there. And yet, whether it is Amos or it is Jesus, Scripture also clearly states that we can miss opportunities to encounter God among us and that we can fail to live as God intended for us and that there are consequences when that happens. We can get sidetracked into thinking somehow that ritual is more important than justice 
and we can be lulled into complacency and indifference because, you know, having expectations can also set you up for disappointment. And so sometimes we think maybe it's better if we just don't have any expectations. Yet over and over again in this parable and in other teaching, Jesus insists that his disciples live a life of expectancy. Jesus is always talking about the kingdom of heaven, whether it is in terms of a day or a time when God's acts as something that is not just in the far-off future, but as something that has come near and is now among you, he says. In theological terms, we like to say that it is now among us, even if it has not yet reached ultimate fulfillment. The day or the time of that fulfillment is coming, but God is the one in charge of that and not us. In the meantime, in the dash that we are called to live in, we are in what one person described as a charged energy field between now and not yet. What's that mean for us? Well, I wonder if first it might mean that we should avoid thinking that we've got it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I'm assuming many of you don't either. Even the early Christian community had to contend with an expectation that many people had that the ultimate fulfillment of God's kingdom was coming in their lifetime. Surely it was. That's one of the things Paul had to write about to the Thessalonians. What he writes is not a kind of description of some sort of thing about the rapture or how things are going to exactly happen at a certain point in time. He's writing a letter a word of encouragement to people who are worried that the unexpected has happened, that their loved one, their father, their mother, their son, their brother or sister, spouse has died and might miss out on the promises that God has made. But Paul reassures them in words that he uses other, other places as well, that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. He reminds them again and again that death has already been defeated. It has no ultimate power, even if right now we're still left waiting in the meantime. Because remember, earlier in Matthew's gospel, right before the passage that we're in today, Jesus says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Clearly trying to predict whenever the end might come is a futile enterprise. And yet, it is also pretty clear, I think at least in my own life, that we experience one kind of ending after another. Indeed, the whole world can sometimes seem like it is ending, especially in the year we're living in today. It can seem that one thing happens and another thing happens and we always long for what was 
and yet that is beyond our reach. We are called to live with expectation in what will be, in what is among us and around us now. Which brings us to the second thing when talking about the end, which is what does it mean to live with expectancy in the middle of the day that we are in right now? Can we actually keep awake enough to be ready to encounter Jesus? There's an interesting part about this parable. Jesus tells a parable where no one stays awake and then says, stay awake. I'm still pondering that one because also if we would follow the story to its conclusion in Matthew's gospel and all the gospels, we see there's another instance of people not staying awake. As Jesus goes to that garden and asks his disciples to stay with him there, and they all fall asleep too. So I want to leave, I want to, I want to plant that seed that even if it feels like you've missed out on something, if you've fallen asleep, if you feel like you're unready, God is a God of renewal, of second chances, of coming back again to us over and over. Because the unexpected is what we should probably expect. The life of a disciple is one of following, not one of setting the course. But along the way, the promise is that we will encounter the risen Christ, just maybe not like we expected. In two weeks, when we finish up this kind of cycle of Jesus' sayings in Matthew, we will come to those famous verses in the end of Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus tells a parable of a king sitting on a great judgment seat and separating out the sheep and the goats. And the separation happens because the king says, look, I was here with you and you didn't recognize me. You didn't feed me or clothe me or help me. You didn't visit me. And the people said, how? That doesn't make any sense. You weren't here with us. How could we do any of those things to you? And the king says, as surely as you have done or not done, to the very least of those, you have done it to me. We don't have to wait for Jesus to come from the sky in order to encounter him in our lives. God is among and with us now, meeting us and encountering us in our interactions, in our loving of one another. When we love our neighbor, we love God. And if we claim to love God, then by default we are compelled to love our neighbor, even when it's hard, even when it's unexpected, even when the conditions change, even when the forces of division try to convince us that our neighbor is our enemy, we are still called to love them. If you haven't heard the news, we're in an election cycle. We're coming to the end of it. But we still have differences, and those differences are important. One side doesn't necessarily have all the right answers. 
But now is the time to listen to one another and move forward together. Because there are big and unexpected issues in front of us, issues about how we live together as people, how we love one another in the larger community, and we need one another to help light the way forward. And it goes without saying that we're still in the middle of the worst pandemic that any of us have experienced, and the worst may still be yet to come. We don't know exactly what to expect. There are a lot of things out of our control, but what is in our control is how we care for one another by listening to experts and being prepared for a longer haul than any of us might have expected at the beginning. We must then be diligent on caring for one another, checking in on one another, uplifting one another, and as Paul did to his community, encouraging one another in the Lord. Because when we love one another, when we show kindness and compassion, when justice rolls down like rivers and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when we live with faith and hope and love, we can expect to meet the risen Christ among us. The followers of Jesus have always experienced that. And then, my friends, we have a glimpse of the power of the kingdom among us, even as we wait with eager longing for its consummation. So be ready. Jesus is among us, but we should expect the unexpected. Amen.